0: Have you ever wanted to peek inside the bag of a professional birth photographer or ever wondered why some photographers swear by gear that others avoid like the plague? Today, I'm sharing the gear that you need in your birth bag, whether you're a beginner or experienced pro. Welcome to the From Better Half to Boss podcast. I'm Tavia Redburn, and on this show, I share how I retired my husband from his nine to five with my birth photography business, all while homeschooling my three kids. If you have a passion, there is a reason. It's because you were made to follow that passion. It's your time to go from better half to boss. Hey y'all, it's Tavia. And today we are diving deep into the world of birth photography gear. Now I know that not all of you are birth photographers, but if you are capturing once in a lifetime moments like weddings or newborns or birth a lot of the advice that I'm going to share here today will help you as well. Now, obviously though, birth photography is unique. The date and time of the birth is unpredictable. It's all very emotional and there are a lot of unknowns and it all happens a lot of times in low light conditions. So that's why having the right equipment is crucial. But here's a little secret. Sometimes the most expensive gear Is not the best. Hands down, the number one question I get asked about gear and about birth photography is Tavia, what camera should I buy? (laughs) And honestly, that is a really tough question for me to answer because it depends on so many varying factors like the photographer, the budget, like what lenses you have. Do you already have a camera? Like, there's so many things, there's so many varying factors. So, I wanted to create this podcast episode to answer that question and share with you the things that I think that you should consider when you're investing in your gear as a birth photographer, whether you're brand new or you've been around the block. So let's talk about the five pieces of equipment that you need as a birth photographer and how to choose the right Ones for each. Now we're going to start with the heart of your kit, the gear that every single photographer has to have, and that is your camera. Now, if you came here expecting me to tell you what camera to get, I'm not going to tell you what camera to get. Instead, I'm going to tell you the things to look for when you are camera shopping, when you're thinking about getting a camera specifically for birth photography. The first thing I want you to look at is, does it have a high ISO capability? As you know, birth often happens in dimly lit rooms or rooms without light at all. So a camera with a high ISO capability gives you the opportunity to have clear images without flashes. The second thing that I want you to think about whenever it comes to picking out your camera is choosing a camera that is full frame. A full frame camera is gonna capture more of the scene, which is really essential for tight spaces like birth rooms, especially in a hospital. Now, one thing I want you to know when it comes to cameras, and it's a question I get when it comes to cameras sometimes, is like, how many megapixels should I be looking for? And honestly, that's not even something that I pay attention to, because I would much rather you have a camera that has a high ISO capability and a full frame than be worried about megapixels. Now, I actually started with a Canon Rebel It was a very entry level, the most basic, the cheapest Canon Rebel that you could purchase back in like 2009. And I used that camera for years when I was first starting my business. And as a birth photographer, I probably photographed 20 or more births with that before I upgrade it. And so I know it can be easy to look around at photographers that you look up to find out what camera they use and like try to get that camera. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to encourage you to just get started with the gear that you have until you find yourself really kind of getting maxed out. And you realize the ways that it's limiting you before you jump to a $5,000 camera. So just wanted to share, I've used a Canon Rebel for many years and had a very successful business with a Canon Rebel. Now, I can't talk about cameras without talking about mirrorless versus DSLR. And I have not made the jump to mirrorless yet, mainly because I have not been forced to. (laughs) I guess that I'm uh, kind of an old lady in that way. And I've got my things that I like, and I know how to use them, and they produce the result I want them to. And so I haven't made the jump. I know at some point, I probably will have to. Uh, It is something to consider if you're buying a new camera, if you want to go um, mirrorless or not. So keep that in the back of your mind. But it does mean that some, I don't want to say entry level, but sort of mid-level DSLRs might be slightly more affordable as other people are jumping to mirrorless. So consider that as well when you're looking at what camera to buy. Okay. talked about cameras. Now let's talk about lenses. Now, if I could only recommend one focal length, which is the zoom of the lens, like how zoomed in it is, it would be a 35 millimeter. I love my 35 millimeter on my full frame camera because it's wide enough to get a lot in the shot without starting to look distorted, like that wide angle distorting look. You don't really have that with a 35 millimeter, sometimes with a 24 and definitely with something like an 18 or a 12, you get that really distorted look. So I love the 35 millimeter for that reason, because it kind of still behaves a little bit like a portrait lens. Now I am a prime girl. I am a prime girl, not Amazon Prime. I am a lens prime girl, um, which means that you can't zoom in and out. If you get a 35 millimeter lens, it's 35 millimeter. It's not zooming in and out. You are the zoom function on a prime lens. And I love prime lenses because it gives me a wider aperture. Typically, a a prime lens typically could go down to 1.2 or 1.4. And in a birth, having that extra light is critical. It's so, so, so important. And so there are some times I kind of wish I had a zoom lens so I didn't have to move around so much, but ultimately it's worth the sacrifice giving up the ability to zoom in and out without moving my body (laughs) to have the wider open aperture. So those are the things that I would be looking for when it comes to lenses is something that has a wide aperture to let a lot of light in and something that is definitely like a wide angle lens, but not too crazy, not like a 12 or an 18 millimeter, something like a 50 millimeter or 85 I have found to just be really tight in birth spaces, especially in hospital rooms, when we can all kind of end up being crammed there together around the birth bed. Uh, Something like a 50 or 85 is just too tight, even with a full frame camera. Okay. So those are my thoughts on lenses. Now let's talk about lighting and specifically speed lights. And this point can be A little controversial, so hang on with me, okay? When I first started out in birth photography, no one was using a flash or a speedlight. I felt like the outsider in the birth community because I was using a flash, I was using a speedlight, and my clients didn't care they loved their images. But photographers then were not using speed lights. they were not using flash. And so it made me feel a little alienated. But ultimately, I figured out how to use the speedlight in a way that made the lighting look natural. And I had a conversation with my clients to explain why I was using it. They loved their images. And slowly over the years, in the industry, using a speed light started to become more widely accepted. And now a lot of birth photographers are using a speed light. In fact, I have found kind of the opposite has happened. If you're not using a speed light, you're not necessarily an outsider, but it's just more common to see photographers using a speed light. So warning when it comes to a speed light, it can be a disruption in birth. Obviously it's a big pop of light. So I always recommend talking to your clients beforehand and letting them know why you're using a speed light, what it can do for their images, what's going to happen if it bothers them in the birth, like that kind of a thing. The truth is, obviously natural light is beautiful, but it's not always available in birth. Think about that middle of the night home birth or a hospital room with no windows. And in those situations, a speed light can be a lifesaver. So look for a speed light that has a rotating head so that you can bounce light off of walls or ceilings to create a nice look. I actually almost never bounce it off of the ceiling. Um, I usually bounce it off of walls, but you definitely want one that has a rotating head. I will never forget the darkest birth that I ever photographed. It was a home birth. She was having a V-back at home, H-back, I guess, in the middle of the night, with literally no lights on inside. I remember the light of the midwife's iPad was the brightest light in the room. It was dark. I could barely see my own hand in front of my face. And I cranked my ISO to the highest that it would go, which was 25,000 crazy. And it was still too dark. So I slowed my shutter speed all the way down to one eighth of a second. Now imagine what kind of grainy blurry photos you're going to get with ISO 25,000 and a shutter speed of one eighth of a second. Like not the best, right? Thankfully, I had already spoken to this client about using a speedlight, and I was able to get beautiful, well-lit, crisp images at her birth because the speedlight came to the rescue. So definitely something I would consider having in your birth bag, even if it's just for emergencies. The next thing I want to talk about when it comes to gear that you need as a birth photographer or really any once-in-a-lifetime-moment type photographer are memory cards. And of course you're like, duh, I need a memory card. But I want to talk about specific things to think about when you're choosing your memory card, because this is something people don't talk about very often. This is one that it's like, oh, you got your camera, you got your lens and you think you're good to go. But talking about memory cards is actually really important because there are a lot of differences. I'm sure you've noticed that some memory cards are a lot more expensive than others. And obviously the storage capacity plays a role, like a 128 gigabyte card is going to be more expensive than a 32 gigabyte card. But even when you compare sometimes 32 gigabyte cards to 32 gigabyte cards, there can be big price differences. And it's like, okay, why? And a lot of times it's because of the speed of the card. The speed of the card is how fast the card is able to write the image that you just took on to the card. And I'm sure you can imagine in birth photography, in wedding photography, in anything that's, you're having to like rapid fire, the memory card can stop you from taking photos. I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you're taking photos, like a lot of photos in a row and your camera won't let you take any more photos And it's because your card, your memory card is still writing the previous images that you've taken. And it's like, hang on, I can't do anymore. Just hang on, let me finish what I'm doing before we take any more photos. Right. And so I highly recommend that you invest in fast memory cards because this is going to let you shoot continuously without that stopping process, without the memory card holding up its little hand and saying, hang on, I can't write anymore. Right. You're going too fast. Another thing to consider, and this isn't, this is like a memory card and camera combo, is dual card slots. A camera with dual card slots so that you can put more than one memory card in your camera at a time. And this is actually writing on both cards at the same time. So if one of your memory cards was to fail, you have a backup already baked in, which is incredibly valuable for these moments like birth photography and wedding photography and even newborn sessions where it's such a short window of time that you have to capture these moments and having that backup is just extra reassurance. This is kind of turning into an episode you need to be taking notes. (laughs) If you're not taking notes, start back over, listen to the episode from the beginning and write some of this stuff down so that you have a list of things ready to go whenever you're buying your gear. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to the gear that you need as a birth photographer or this like once in a lifetime moment type photographer are backups for everything that you have. Every piece of gear that you have needs a backup because As you know, as a birth photographer, things are unpredictable, gear can malfunction, batteries can stop working, memory cards can fail, backup cameras, backup lenses, just so that you're overprepared more than underprepared. I would much rather you have extras that you don't use than be photographing a birth. And this has literally happened to me, you guys. I was photographing a really good friend of mine. She had had a couple of hospital births that she wanted to be home birthed and she had to be transferred. She was having her like dream home birth. She started pushing and my lens out of nowhere that I had been using the entire time would not focus. Like it would not focus. Even manual focus wouldn't work. And I wouldn't have relied on that anyway, but it was just failing. And thankfully I not only had another lens there, I had it on my body, like on my person, because she was pushing. And so I just quickly swapped them out and had an extra lens ready to go. And it was such a non-issue in the moment. Thinking back, I thought, man, what if I didn't have that in that moment? It would have been like a major panic moment. And so sometimes unexplained things just happen. So always come prepared with backups. Being a great birth photographer who is reliable and sought after is all about capturing raw and real moments with the right gear. So I hope that this episode answered some of your questions about what gear you need as a birth photographer. And remember, my friend, if you have a passion for birth photography, it is not an accident not every photographer loves birth, even though it might feel that way sometimes. So if you have that passion inside of you, it is there for a reason. And I hope that you'll pursue that passion and make it happen. Have a great week.